This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. This will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I really liked. I'd hit a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything. You need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring y'all into our huddle. You are in. We're huddled with me, Bram, with per usual, my boy, producer Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And our master, Wall Things Sound Maxine. How's it going? Boys, I am fired up to announce rejoining us after far too long, Yahoo Sports, NBA guru who will be dominating the association's coverage throughout the year. A woman who just had an upfront and personal view of the future of the NBA while watching Victor and Scoot Henderson play against each other. And a close friend of this podcast who honestly probably should have stopped me before I tried to drive and record at the same time. Miss Kristen Pink, what's going on, KP? What's up? Happy to be back. You guys are you guys are like family now. I don't even cover the Warriors, and I, I feel like I'm I'm invested in uh, in, in all things Warriors. Warriors, you are. And that's exactly right. You are basically a co-host on this show. Certainly one of the uh, the major recurring characters. And I'm going to start this off, Marcus and Maxime, with kind of an admission that we've had. Uh, some text messages back and forth behind the scenes. One you guys already know about, but another one you don't. So I mentioned the Victor uh, Scoot Henderson thing and the whole world was paying attention for those who don't know in Vegas, what about a week and a half ago, the two biggest stars um, up and coming that we have seen for a long time faced each other and KP was right up front and watching it. And I caught that on ESPN. And because I always want to show that I know what the hell I'm talking about, I shoot a text off to Kristen and it says this quote, I became a big Scoot Henderson fan tonight. Love his fuck you mentality. Also when Benyana is worth losing 82 games for it. And I sat back gentlemen, I sent that on Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Nothing, dude. Not a single syllable fucking response. Those yes, three guys are all <laughs> And like I went from texting this out like uh KP and I are pretty good friends. I'm definitely gonna get a response. Did not get shit back. So we're gonna start there. Okay, all right. In my defense, you send that text and it's Tuesday night. I have a, a, a story to write right after that, after like it was what did we just see? That was one of the greatest basketball games that I've ever seen in person. You know, um, you couldn't have planned it any better. So, yes, I saw it and I chuckled and I said to myself, no shit, Scoot's the truth. Like, I've told you this before. And everything you said, yeah, Victor is worth losing every single game for. Yes, I know. This is all stuff I know. And in my mind, I'm saying that back to you, but uh, I guess I I'm, I never responded. Sorry. 
Yeah, okay. Here's what I thought. The only thing you've explained is Tuesday night. We still have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> Wednesday and I was practice. Thursday was the second game. Yeah, Friday, I, I flew to Colorado for USA basketball. I fine. I mean, if I texted Marcus or Maxime, they definitely would have texted me back. I got nothing from you. But far more importantly, going into today, KP texted all of us to let us know that she has perhaps the worst dating story yet. So getting out of my own feelings and into yours, what do you got for us here? You guys, okay. First, I need to tell you, remember, uh, I, I'm, I was like, I'm listing my house. I'm going to sell my house. I'm getting out of Utah. This is a great two-year investment. You know, I got my puppy, Gary. I, I've lived 10 minutes from my brother and my nieces and nephews. Like, th this has been a great two-year chapter. So I list my house. And I'm out of town for the open house. And um, Monday morning, I'm talking to my real estate agent. And I was like, hey, how'd the open house go? Do we get any like potential buyers? And she's like, yeah, we had, um, in two days, we had three potential buyers. Your brother and his wife came by to say hello. And uh, eight of your neighbors came snooping through your house. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. I was like, oh. Glad I live in a neighborhood where all my neighbors are super nosy. Anyways, then the interest rate skyrocketed and I got like really, really like BS offers. So I took it off the market. So now I'm stuck in Utah, right? Until the interest rates drop down. So like I told you guys this off camera. I like I went on I went on a, a nice date in L.A. And then follow that up. I went out with a nice guy in Vegas, had a great time. So I'm like, feel, I'm like, OK, maybe we're turning a corner come back, come back to Utah, get back on the dating apps. And like, I, I, you know, meet this guy, we're like texting and everything. He's like, Oh, I want to take you to dinner. I was like, cool. I'm like, I think I'm like turned a corner. So we go to dinner and he's nice. He's normal. He's not from Utah. You know, that's my Like that's my prerequisite. You cannot be from Utah. And halfway through dinner, He's just like, you know, this is this is really going better than I expected. And I had to be honest. I was like, yeah, me too. But I'm already feeling myself from like two successful dates, not in my city prior to this. And then he goes, you know, since it's going so well, um, I feel like I need to be honest with you. And I'm like, OK, still not even expecting anything. He goes, um, I just want to let you know that I'm actually married oh. and my wife and I are looking to bring somebody else into the relationship. And I want to know if that's something that you're maybe interested okay. in. What, what was the conversational topic immediately before that? You know, like, when you guys, like we are talking like the weather is like, yeah, you know what? It has been pretty cold. Also, you should know we're looking for a third person. Like, I think I, I don't know. Like charcuterie or regular bread. <laughs> How do you feel about, you know, being in a marriage that already exists? Too? I mean, take those questions however you want. Do you know what? I will say this. I, I truly believe this now after all of my horrible, horrible dating. I think. God, the man upstairs has the greatest sense of humor. I think he just is like, oh, can't wait to get, grab the popcorn. Let's see how this plays out. Every single time I go out with someone in Utah, like it's, it's right now, now it's just laughable. I'm just, now I'm officially, officially done. Officially I thought done. you were going to say, oh yeah, he was going to talk about how he was in your house during the open house and really loved your bathtub. No, no, wait, yeah, Grant, I did I, oh my gosh. No, did I tell you that somebody DM'd me 
from Utah and they sent me my link from Zillow and they're like, is this your house? I recognize your background oh. from the videos you shoot. Hey, that I'm was like, okay, that, on the level of creepiness that could have been. I mean, it's weird, <laughs> but I thought it was going to be much worse. And to follow up on MT's question, I mean, like working backwards, did you have any way to count how many people you killed from CO2 poisoning as they came in and checked out your house? <laughs> and like, and, and if they did, did you allow them to take bath salts with them as they went back to no, their I home? I hid the bath salts. Are you kidding me? I mean, well, yeah, I guess, you know, burn me once kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, we did kind of talk about this before we hit record. And KP so it was like, yeah, you know, things are going really well. It's just, just Utah. Utah's the only place I can't date. And we pointed out, she fucking lives in Utah. Like, that is, the, if you're going to pick anything, that's the place that you want to have some success in. Um, I don't, uh, Maxime, if that's you, all right, you're on this date. Things are going fine and you're kind of feeling yourself. You got some momentum going, you know, like this it sounds like it's the third one that's going. You finally got the Utah monkey off your back. The conversation's flowing. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to fold you into an existing marriage. Like, what's the move, dude? Like, how do you, what do you say to that? Well, first of all, I feel like this is now at the point where maybe KP, you should start like a dating in Utah bingo board because that's got to be like all time top stuff. Getting asked to be a part of an open relationship is like, you hear about that in movies, um, and I'll, honestly, I don't. I don't have any idea how I would respond. Um, that is so shocking. I'll Probably. tell you exactly how I responded. I said, I, "I was like, are you joking?" And he's like, "No, I, I really want to be. I really want to be upfront with you." And I was like, "This is this is not happening." And I got my yeah. stuff and I left. And when I got in my car, I laughed hysterically, like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, oh, I can't wait to tell the guys this. Horrible dating story. I really so say, yeah, so I meet the wife, right? She's cool, but <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah. she's, she's right over there. If you want yeah, to see she's, her. She's, she's in the booth right behind us. I really she hope. She walks over. That you guys drove there together, and then your response was going into your car and bouncing. <laughs> Just be like, yeah, I'm going to need you to think about this for however long it takes you to walk home because that was terrible. Can we also just say that was not being upfront? That like that is not an upfront. Like I feel like I've seen in dating profiles, like hey, looking for an open like a third person or whatever. Halfway through a conversation is not being upfront. Well, to be fair, did you meet that person on alreadymarried.com? Or <laughs> I, I mean, no, of course that's not upfront. It's the exact opposite as fucking of being upfront, man. You should not be on any dating apps if you're already married. I I mean I don't know. I give up. I give up at this point. Please. We need a good um, dating app story from a, a Warriors player. Obviously, not somebody who's crazy famous, but I, I think KP, we need you to do. Something I, I could, I, I could get a good dating app story. I'm sure. Maybe not from a war, but from any young player, I could get. Yeah, and you can scrub one. the name. You can, you can give an alias, but we'd love to hear a story. Yes, I told, I've told Bram a story, and I said the player's name. And then I called him and I said, do not post this. I Why are you going to throw that out there? Why are you going to tease us again with one of the greatest stories we've ever heard? Also, I want to translate what Marcus just said. This is fun, but we are not talking about basketball. Yes. Why are we <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Let's move on. Let's about move basketball. On. And yeah, at some point, I'd love to hear that story again, Christian, for obvious reasons. But uh, I will transition this. I'd say this is the perfect transition. But I don't know if there's a perfect transition from weird Utah dating stories. So I'll just put it this way. We'll call it the off the court report. We have done this with you in the past. But in case you don't remember, the idea is easy. If uh, you listen to this show, you know enough about basketball where you follow what happens on the floor. But Christian, like... 
few other of our guests actually her uh uh, exposure and her ability to see the things that happen off the floor are second to none. So in this segment, we take advantage of that. I shut up, we give her the mic, and we ask her for something that she's seen off the floor recently. KB, what do you got? All right, so uh, Scoot versus Victor was crazy in Vegas. Um, you know, I got there Monday, was there for um, the first day of practice, and all the NBA scouts were there. Obviously, they played games on Tuesday and Thursday, but Monday was really like they were – Scoot especially was like really hype. Like he was ready to go. He was ready to go, you know, and um, it's Victor's first time playing in America in front of like the whole basketball world. So there was a lot of anticipation and especially in the media availability after practice. So I'll tell you, this is the sequence. This is the sequence of quotes from G League Ignite head coach Jason Hart. And then I asked Scoot Henderson a question and then Victor Wimbanyama. So I asked, I asked uh, head coach Jason Hart, I said, do you anticipate Victor and Scoot's names being brought up in the same conversation? They're going to be tied together the same way that Trey Young and Luka Doncic is into their NBA career. And he said, of course, it's always going to be Victor, Scoot, Scoot, Victor. Um, these two are one and two, no question. And you know what? I hope it carries off the court to the point where, you know, they really form a friendship and it's you know, they're going to each other's weddings. Like, that's what's so great about the NBA is the brotherhood. Cool. That's that's nice. That's nice. Scoot gets up to the podium and somebody else asks him, what do you know about Victor Wimbanyama? And he goes, I don't know nothing about him. I don't, I've never met him. I don't, I've never, I know nothing about him. That was it. Like, Scoot does not, he's, he's not F with Victor Wimbanyama. <laughs> then Victor comes up. I asked the question that got the money quote that was like going all over social media. But the question I asked, I said, what do you know about Scoot Henderson's game? Um, and how do you anticipate, you know, the two of you growing at the NBA level, whatever. And through this draft process. And he said, I've been watching Scoot Henderson uh, for the last two years. I love his game. He's my favorite player in this draft class. Um, nobody handles the ball better than he does. And then just tongue in cheek, he goes, if I had never been born, he would be the first pick. And everybody just took that one. And he was laughing while he said it. So you got Jason Hart hoping that the two of them are at each other's wedding. You have Scoot saying, I don't know him at all. Then you got Victor saying, he's my favorite player in this draft class, but if I were never born, he'd be number one, right? So then it's it's the night of the game. It's Tuesday night. It's an hour before tip-off, and I'm, I'm, I'm in the locker room with Scoot, and he is like full-on like game mode. And I just said, I was like, Scoot, real quick, what's your mentality going to this game? And he looked at me, and he's like, kill. That's it. It's like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. And he did. I mean – they won the game. Scoot was awesome, but Victor was equally as awesome in the second half. But um, yeah, I just, I love that progression. <laughs> quotes. You and I both, and Scoot had a hell of a first half. At any point, did you think about just reading my text directly to them and, and just basking in the credit it would have given you or no? Oh, you know what? That's I forgot. I forgot. I didn't tell you this. I actually read it out loud yeah. at the post game. Okay. There you go. That, you yeah. know, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That, that actually, and that's probably why you couldn't text me back because you were, you know, you were reading from the phone. Yes. So yeah. that uh, jokes aside. So that experience, you know, uh, cause you have been to a ton of those kind of lead ups to the draft. You know, yeah. you told us about Peach Jam, you told us about Bronny, you've told us about a ton of people. Kaminga, you've seen a lot of these guys come up. How would you compare the hype 
in the Scoot v. Victor uh, scenario versus any of the other run-ups you've watched? It is, uh, it exceeded every expectation we all had. They both overly performed in terms of like what we expected their ability to be, especially on that big of a stage. And like in the sense where it's like, it was October and the entire basketball world was like focused on this exhibition game of two 18 year olds. They're 18. Like, let's not forget about that. They're 18. And then you've got, you know, you've got probably eight or nine teams salivating at the shot of a 14% chance. You know, uh, half the arena was booked with NBA scouts and front office executives. The, the um, Venn diagram that that ultimately happened, because it wasn't just the talent and it wasn't just the lead up, but it was the delivery. You know, they, yeah. and, they and, and the same way that you just told us about the sequence of it, because Scoot comes out on fire and then Victor as the, you know, as, what five minutes left, it was all him and all him from three in a way I've never seen. Um, yeah. How long have you known Scoot? When did you first cover him? I've known Scoot since he was uh, 16, right during like the pandemic. And how many scouts do you think were there total? Uh, we were told that over 200 uh, scout credential requests were submitted. So Marcus, if this is me, right? And I've known that main person since they were 16. Of the 200 people, I'd say 185 I casually mentioned. Like, just so you guys know, I've, I've known this kid since he was 16. And whatever it is, you know, like I, I mentioned the high school I saw him at. I'd come up with all these casual ways to kind of bring it up. Kristen, we know her pretty well now. You know, I said before, kind of a co-host. What do you think? You know, she didn't do it as many times, but I think she definitely worked it in at least once somewhere along the line. That like, I know this person and known him for longer than you, but insinuated it. I don't think so. I think, I mean, we just had, I think the mics weren't hot yet, but the story about her being surprised that the up and coming kids and talent were wanted to be interviewed by her. So I, I think she's still a little, um, you know, like doesn't know yet how how popular and how cool she is. So I don't think she's played that card. She's been in a, some cool situations. She told us in previous pods, she's like rode in the car with number one draft picks, you know, the moms of a bunch of different picks and gotten stories from them. So I think this is just another um, story in the awesome long list of stories. Her experience is unassailable. Her relationships are unassailable. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, even if Scoot isn't going to be at Victor's wedding, it wouldn't surprise me if KP was. <laughs> but I also think that if she goes to his wedding, she might be mentioning that to a scout somewhere down the line. KP, take us out of uh, out of the mystery here. What do you, how many times did you mention that you've known this person for a while? I know the NBA guys, know, they know, I know, and they watch closely, especially in practice like how I interact with both Scoot and Victor and also Victor's parents. And so when I'm getting, when I'm getting an exclusive five minute sit down interview with Scoot Henderson in between games on a Wednesday, uh, I think they just expect it. You know now. what, Marcus? She is nothing but humble. I don't know what, I don't know where the hell I was coming from on that, dude. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I should have just followed I your I think lead. our new angle should be how many times does KP nudge said draft picks to go to the Warriors? Like, how many times <laughs> did you tell Victor, you know, the Warriors are really a great organization. You should try to find a way to get to No, this. I asked him. I asked him. works? She did, they just like, you know what? I'd like to just go to this team. I'm good. Don't worry about who has my pick. I asked Victor about what how he felt about the notion of tanking. And he said, he's like, it's a foreign concept to him. He doesn't understand why people would just willingly lose. 
okay. a lot of basketball games. And I'm like, uh, have you seen yourself play? You're a cheat code. I know okay. a lot of teams no that would doubt. really. He may, I was going to save this question for later, um, but treat it seriously. So there's a real question. All right. If the Utah Jazz had a button right now, and, and that button could do one of two things. They could press the button and they win the draft lottery. Now they have the number one pick, surefire next year. Or they could press that button and they win the NBA title next year. Unexpectedly, you know, we all I know what their roster is. I know that's impossible. But they could they could have one of those two things. Which would you would you which button would they press? The the title is the ultimate goal, right? And Utah has come so close so many years. So I think they would do that. I would say you get the number one pick. I think and by Danny the way, Ainge would break anybody's finger who tried to touch it for the title. Because I you know Victor yeah. is a shot at the next like 15 titles. Yeah, but what if he gets hurt? Yep. It's not a surefire thing. But if you can bring a championship to a city that's gotten so close, then that kind of alleviates the pressure, you know. But I'll tell you one thing, like Come June, if the Utah Jazz land Victor or Scoot or the Thompson twins, a or a star Thompson, I am never leaving Utah. I am stay. I am in. I am going to every game. Like, oh shit! You may want to re-listen to the first ten minutes of this podcast before <laughs> you make that decision. Like, I, I don't know. This is like talking to the star from that movie Memento. Like, do you not remember <laughs> anything that happened earlier? You need to get a tattoo on your arm that says "I hate Utah" and then periodically look at that shit. I mean, by the way, how how pissed would the NBA community be if Utah landed Victor Wimbanyama? Like how how big of an annoy their fans are already like insufferable. And now you've got the second coming of basketball Jesus on your team. Like the NBA wouldn't let it happen. I hope not. A victor might not let it happen. I, I'm not sure that that's something that's going to be going down. Uh, I also imagine every time you saw somebody from the Utah Jazz at that matchup, you just flipped them off. It's like, fuck you. I hate people from Utah. Like, I will not talk to any of you guys. You're probably married and want to go on a date. I knew it. I saw you on an alreadymarried.com. <laughs> Let's go to Warriors. Lady and gentlemen, uh, and let's start it this way. Let's do our glass half full. KP is where we look back at recent hoop and give something we either like or don't like. We haven't heard from you for a while, so stretch back as far as you want. Um, and I'll go first to be selfish because I got some follow-ups on mine. What I like is Patrick Baldwin Jr. Um, we already mentioned it. We talked about it a little bit in the last podcast, and then we're on the other side of the Lakers game. And it's not that he's sensational. It's the exact opposite that really speaks to me. He was not in a hurry at any point when he was on the floor uh, against the Lakers. And this is a guy who's fighting for minutes, who doesn't know where he fits on the on the stage at all and seemed exceptionally comfortable. He seemed more comfortable in that game than he seemed in the practice while Draymond punched Jordan Poole in, that, in, the, uh, in the video. But if he is anywhere near as competent as he seemed so far, then the Warriors may have struck gold again, um, and they've got nothing but time and runway for him to reach his potential. So that's what I really liked about him. Um, and to be selfish, let me ask a follow-up to you. Who is Patrick Baldwin Jr.? Like in, in high school, I know that he had that he had a setback. I know he had the hurt ankle and everything. But before that, when everyone was still talking about his potential and he was a top player in the class, why was he a top player in the class? I mean, I think we, we're seeing a little bit of it. I mean, he looks the part. He's very long, um, moves very well, has a decent enough handle. But it was honestly his jump shot with his high release and kind of unguardable 
um, shooting stroke that really separated him from the pack. And, you know, when you're injured, you're, you're off the court. So you're not in that rhythm and you don't have that confidence because maybe you're coming off an injury, but you know, like we, we talked, we've talked about this before, like the warriors, they didn't need anything for that. They just won the championship. So to take a swing at a, like a high ceiling guy, like Patrick Baldwin jr was a smart move on their part because, what's the worst thing that could happen? Like he gets injured and you know, they what waste two mil a year on him. Like, I don't know. So, but what's the positive is what we're seeing is like, he stays healthy. He he's a very unselfish player. He knows his role on the court. Um, And it's a shame that we didn't get to see a little bit more of his development from his senior year high school. And then also when he was playing uh, at for his dad, who, by the way, he had nobody around him, and he's not really that guy. He's never been the guy. Um, so to come in and be a complimentary piece to a Warriors team that's already established with a lot of talent, he's in the best imaginable place for him to be successful. Love to hear that. Um, I'll, I'll turn over the mic. What do you guys got? Something you like or something you didn't? Um, I got something I liked was how smooth uh, – Jordan Poole seemed. I mean, it was a game back from the incident, so he wanted to see where his mentality was. But, you know, he had that one move where he did the Euro two-step and behind the back and even had um, House kind of look at him and go, ooh, and, you know, he's seen it all on the sidelines. So um, I just like that he came in there and stayed focused and looks like he put on a little weight, but it didn't um, disrupt him too much. Um, What I didn't like was how – good anthony davis looked i forgot how good he was if you know hoping he stays healthy because you never want to wish um you know an injury to any player but um, that guy's good if he stays healthy and lebron is healthy then i think the lakers are better than we give them credit for i mean the questions about anthony davis were never about his game when he plays although his jump shots kind of disappear in the last couple of years but when he plays consistently he's always phenomenal you know it's just a matter of him playing consistently yeah yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, if if each if LeBron and AD are each playing eighty two games, I mean, they're going to win a lot of games. But I think the reason the Vegas over underline is what is it like forty four, forty five, or something is is specifically because there's concern with how old those guys are that it's not going to last. But it was nice, you know, as just a fan of the NBA to see him moving as well as he was. And that- they still have no shooting. To be fair, I mean, even if if eighty, you know, if eighty plays eighty two games, which I will bet anybody right now, everything I have won't not happen. Happening. Even if that happens, I think their upside is like a six seed, five seed, maybe. Um, just because they're not, they're, that roster doesn't make any goddamn sense. Unless Russ is suddenly a three point shooter, you know, and they have some support. But this is not about the Lakers, shockingly enough. I, I cut you off. All good. Um, I was just going to say something that I didn't like uh, a little bit. It's not a big deal. Look, it's the preseason. Um, I, and and I know that teams are trying to figure out different rotations and just trying things out that are a little bit outside the mold. But what I didn't like is seeing a lack of a defensive identity. And I think for all of the celebrations that we have about Poole, for all of the celebrations that we have about Wiseman, justifiably looking, I think, a lot better than we'd expected for this point in his career, just coming, essentially he's a redshirt rookie at this point. Um, 
I did not love how uh, how either of those guys played on the defensive end. Um, I thought that Poole continued. We already knew this, right? But he continued to not really be able to fight over screens. He's just a little bit too small. They were hiding him on their weakest offensive player. And that's not a really good sign when somebody needs to get quick buckets. Wiseman, too, was feeling a little bit lost. I was sort of surprised how younger, smaller guys were bullying him in the paint. He wasn't really boxing out. Um, in general, I just I sort of feel like for as great as their chemistry is on the offensive end and as great as their individual performances were on the offensive end, Wiseman and Poole have a lot um, to be desired uh, on the other end of the floor. Okay. KP, you don't limit yourself to that Laker game. You can, you know, I mean, you know, like the this the offseason at large. You can talk about the Draymond thing. Um, and to give you a moment to think, I'm going to piggyback on what Marcus said just because I hadn't really thought about it. And I'll keep it personal. If this is me, if I'm in the center of a shitstorm, if I'm Jordan Poole, and, you know, this all this conversation is going on, I haven't come out, I haven't talked to anybody yet, physically I'm fine, but there's these swirling questions. You know what I wouldn't be able to do? Play well. You know, like that, I'd be so distracted and I'm, I'm neurotic and I have all my shortcomings that everybody knows, you know, and it's a, it's a personality driven thing, but credit to him to have come out and looked as sharp as he did, because I don't think anybody would have given him any shit if he had decided to take that game off or, you know, had gone like 0411 if he'd done anything. And instead he came out, faced some music and looked really good. KP, I know that you had to pay attention to your dog Gary there, and you missed an incredible. No, 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 take. no. It was I, an incredible I, take. I, I'm just telling you. I am you. a multitasker. It was. I'm multitasker. I too was very, very impressed with the way Jordan Poole came out, and that short that just showed me that like he is a dog mentality in the sense where it's like, yeah, all of this stuff happened off the court. I'm embarrassed. The organization's embarrassed. Like that was really, really horrible. What happened? but I'm going to go here. I'm going to go out on this game and, and be a yeah. bucket. And right. that was, I, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um, that, that can be half my love, but can I tell you what I really love yes, during please. the preseason? I love all of the rookie pranks. I love the dance offs. <laughs> like I was, I saw a video where the Cleveland Cavaliers are like, and here are the Cavaliers. And they let, uh, Isaiah Mobley, Evan Mobley's older brother, who they took in the second round, lead the team out. And he's running out, and then the rest of the team just stops. So he ran out alone. <laughs> like He's, like, looking back, like, oh, man. See, I would take that all right. I remember, I think it was Antoine Jameson. How's that for a random-ass name? And I remember, like, they had filled Antoine Jameson's entire car with peanuts. And they had like a video of it. And I remember him getting hella angry and running down into the locker room. And they had, you know, that he's like, a, like shaking his fist at people and he's upset. He's upset. And then he comes down, opens up his locker and the locker is filled with fucking peanuts too. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, I'd be hell of upset. Like I wouldn't take that shit. Well, would you, Kristen, if you were the butt of some rookie pranks, would you be fine? Like, oh, it's part of this. Or like, you know, would you take it kind of hard and never really forgive them? No, I mean, you know, you know, you're going into a rookie You're you're going to be doing uh, a few things, right? You're going to be carrying uh, everybody's bags through a snowstorm from the terminal to the airplane. You're going to be, um, your car is going to be filled up with peanuts or popcorn or whatever. Like, I think you just, you know, going, you're going to be buying Chipotle for the entire team and then whatever. I, I don't, like, you know that as a rookie going in, I think. 
Two okay. of those three things I'm fine with. If I need to buy burrito bowls for the team, all good. But if after I buy those burrito bowls, I get back into my $60,000 car and it's filled up with peanuts, fuck that. Like, I don't I don't know if I'm a fan of that. Well, you, you got you you got the, the money now. Get Pay someone to clean that out. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters, because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. All right, I've been putting this off. Let's jump into it. So I've got our golden questions. I'm excited for them. These are our version of the mailbag. And I know the first deals right with Draymond Green. And it's going to go to a quote that we have from Steve Kerr that I'm going to play for you for a second. But before I play the quote, let me ask you straight out, Christian, because I really value your perspective and we might be too close to this thing. What's your just your thoughts on it? You saw the video, I'm sure. You know the story. Uh, before we hear this quote, uh, just give us your generalized thoughts on this Draymond situation. It's bad. The The video is bad. It's really bad. I mean, I think we we all watched it multiple times. Um, and then I, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn between the way I respect Draymond for sitting in it and for 40 minutes taking every question and not ducking and just releasing a statement. He mm -hmm. sat there and took every question from every reporter. And, um, you know, Steve Kerr followed up and, and, and took several questions. So obviously this is something that should have, well, in their minds, never been leaked. And Draymond, I, I, I had a little bit of a problem with Draymond saying there's a reason why it was only that portion yeah. of it. And you didn't know what was said prior to that. And there was no audio. It doesn't matter. You took a swing at somebody who was didn't even see it coming. Like it was, it was a sucker punch. It's a very like, weird take. Uh, for yeah, the, for that that was the only problem I had with the entire press. And I, I mean, look, we all were like, when Chris Rock got slapped the shit out by Will Smith. Like, yep. I this looked worse to yep. me. No, it, it, it's a, it's an absolutely terrible look um, for those who didn't hear the Draymond press conference. And first, let me give him credit. Articulate, contrite, knew exactly what the issues were, put it in the right way. It's not up to me when Jordan decides to talk about this. It's up to him. It's worth listening to and it's worth listening to in full. But one of the things he said that did catch my eye and that KP just addressed is he pointed out that whoever it was who released that clip released it with an agenda, that they released a specific amount that they didn't show what happened before, they didn't show necessarily what happened after, and that they specifically didn't include audio. And it added a, a, a weird conspiracy angle to this um, that I was surprised to see. And I'll, I'll, before I play the quote, because it has to do with the video, I'll also add this, because I've been thinking about this a lot, um, and the, the video changes a lot of things. Here's one of the things I, I think that 
it immediately changes. And this, anybody who owns a dog or a kid, I think can associate with this. You know, if your dog or your kid does something at the house that you don't allow them to do, but there's nobody else around, you know, your reaction to it is generally muted. It's on your terms. You do what the hell you want. They do that same thing out in public while everyone else is watching. Your response changes and it changes fucking fast. And it's because of the judgment that's happening. Imagine that on the scale we're seeing right now. It is, you know, it's millions of people are now watching this indiscretion that happened inside the warrior's house and they don't get to act on it on their own terms. We're all watching at the same time and it flips everything, which is why I think the release of the video has uh, has prompted the witch hunt that it has. And we finally do have a good transition. Uh, Maxime, if you've got that quote, let's play it. A few times now where things have leaked. Are you talking just about this story? Or do you think there has been, are you saying there's been leaks even before this? And how concerning is that? A year ago, we started out training camp and Andrew Wiggins had to deal with uh, the leak of a, of a story about the vaccine and how the team was handling everything behind the scenes. It was completely unfair to Andrew and to the team. This year, we start uh, training camp a weekend and a fight that happens, which by the way, in 32 years, I've probably seen 20 plus fist fights in practice. Um, that should not make it out beyond the walls of our practice facility. And it did. That's a problem. We have to get better as an organization. Okay. So KP, before I ask you this question, you know, let's acknowledge the obvious. What Draymond did is awful. We've spent three podcasts digging into why it's awful. None of this excuses that behavior. All right. Um, but if I'm reading between the lines, what Kerr is saying is the leaking of that video is almost as bad, if not worse. He's never seen it. He's never seen that. He's seen fights. He's never seen the video come out. And he even, I, I never would have made this connection, him making the connection to the whole Wiggins thing that there was a previous leak was interesting, which leads to this question. Who has done more damage to the Warriors? Draymond Green in that punch or the person who leaked that video to TMZ? First of all, can I just say that uh, Steve Kerr comparing Draymond punching his teammate as a similar, like at the same level as uh, Andrew Wiggins not wanting to get vaccinated from COVID is just like that. They're not the same. I mean, yes, they were the two. They were both leaked. One was a story. The other was a video. But like that I, the, when he when he, <laughs> he tried to do put a correlation between the two of them, I'm like. They're not even on the same level. Like this Draymond punch is way worse in my yep. mind, but uh, who did more damage to the organization? I don't think we'll ever know that because even behind closed doors, like after Jordan got punched, we don't know what yep. the feeling was within that organization, like how Jordan was feeling about it, how he was dealing with it and what, what sort of like intensity that brought to team chemistry to the start of the season. So I don't know. I mean, I guess who who is worse for the organization? Probably the guy that leaked it. Yeah. But I mean, if he, if he got two point seven mil for it, like, was it worth it? I don't. Better, better whatever it is he got, 
or he, she, whoever the hell, yeah. right? Right. It better, Sorry. Be yes, a, it better not live in the Bay Area because whatever it is they got paid, not because there'll be, there'll be a witch hunt, whatever it is they got paid, they're not going to be able to live on it for longer than like two, three years, you know? And so, and you're not going back to work. So, yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, you better have a lot of other skill sets or have thought this out much further down the line. Like um, they're, they're going to, they're going to figure out who did this. And they're, I mean, they there's going to, there's going to be lawsuits and, of, right? course they are the, yeah. this is it's not only um you know the the legal implications but the storyline you know if, if i'm the warriors you want a common enemy you want somebody else to start pointing fucking fingers at you know and like because you can't there, you there's nothing you can do to help build a bridge between draymond and jordan Poole. that's up to draymond and jordan Poole, and principally jordan Poole. but you can uncover other people to be angry at and, you know, nothing brings people together faster than a common enemy. And so if they can find that if if on the off chance of that person happens to listen to this, you need to become the fucking fugitive. You need to, like, run into the night. They are going to catch you. It's it's a done deal. It's going to happen. I bet you it'll happen before the end of this season. Um, MT, same question. Do you who if, who do you think did you know more damage? And it doesn't excuse what Draymond did. But of the two, the punch or the leak of the video of the punch, what was worse? I'm with KP. I think it's still the leak of the video. Um, and it's because of two players' quotes, one on the Warriors and one not. Kavon Looney responded about it, and he said, um, in part, uh, Draymond has a lot of work to do to rebuild our trust. And, you know, to hear that from um, Kavon Lunajawan, um, <laughs> I think it's it just speaks a lot to, you know, like, how much he's grown and how much he's kind of seen the gravity of it. So it's a serious moment if you got Kavon Looney up there talking about rebuilding our trust because he's, you know, seems like the most affable guy on the team and just goes with the flow. Um, the second person who talked about it, I thought was interesting, was Damian Lillard. And he said, no excusing what's happened. I've seen it's been heated in practices that I've been in. So I know that happens. He said, I don't excuse it, but um Draymond probably walked away saying I shouldn't have done that to my teammate. And Jordan Poole walked away saying, if I push somebody like that, especially a grown man, I should expect something to happen. And I think that was an interesting take. Like Poole did push him, you know, it doesn't excuse what Draymond did, but it wasn't just out of nowhere. Like, oh, Draymond just while Jordan Poole was standing there looking at the play, you know, punched him, you know, um, like a blind side. Like Poole did push him off of him. And then that's what, you know, Draymond threw the punch. So I thought that was an interesting take from Damien, who, you know, knows Draymond really well and, um, you know, knows the league and is from the town. So he knows what he's talking about. The age difference in Draymond's um, conciliatory press conference. One of the things he pointed out is that he's always, I forget how he phrased it, but that he's always been in Jordan's corner. He's always the guy who's been fighting for Jordan, that he rides for Jordan. That's always been true. That when Jordan was in the G League, he called him and said, this is what, you know, I still believe in you. This is what should work out. I am sure all of that is true and all of it is pertinent. Also, if I was Jordan and all that was true, it would make the punch way harder to take. It would be terrifying if this person I've looked up to as the pillar in this dynastic community is also the person who's attacking me and knocked me out. Um, and it'd be so hard to get back on that floor and get back to where that was. How could you? You know, how, how could you? Um, but KP, the other thing I wanted to ask you about so, you know, the Warriors have two different teams, kind of. You know, we've got the young team and we've got the the older team. 
this young team, you know, it's the people we haven't been talking about on this. Kaminga had a front view of it. You know, Moody was right there. We've joked that PBJ had his back turned, but he was, he was right next to the fight. You know these players. You know, how is this the type of thing that impacts them? Can they just move on? You know, I mean, what, what are your immediate thoughts on that? I think it all, I, I'll come back to like what built up to the actual punch. Like, yeah. We don't know what was said um, and whatever was said was an earshot of both of, of Pat Baldwin and, and, and Kaminga and Moody. Like everyone was there. Um, I think the reaction of not everybody is like losing their mind. And I, I mean, God, I, I, I don't know. Does it, does anybody think that Draymond has punched a teammate before? Because you got the assistant coach there, just has his hands on his hips, yeah. like, oh, this again. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, but I, I do know that you know, I don't think it probably surprised Kaminga or Moody. Just in, they've been kind of in dog fights before, not like fist fights, but they understand, um, you know, the intensity of it being in the moment, and I'm sure they've they've seen fights before. Enough. Draymond questions. I'm going to go back to one I should have asked you earlier. So I have had a couple of times, never happens, but once or twice in my past, I've been lucky enough to go to a Warriors practice, asked a question, and then my question got the response that showed up in the paper. And when that happens, I'm always hella pompous about it. I want to bring it up to anybody, anywhere. And I heard that you said during the victor, you know, it was your go-to quotes that got out there. Do you, I mean, I'm sure you don't point that out, but do you get kind of proud? Like, are you fired up or does that happen so frequently for you that it's not even a big deal? No, I get pissed because I'm like, oh man, if this would have been an exclusive interview, we would have only had that quote. It would have been in my story. People would have had to say Victor Wimbanyama told Kristen Peake of Yahoo Sports, whatever. And they would have had a hyperlink to my story. I get pissed. I'm not proud. I'm like, oh, why can't I get this one-on-one with Victor Wimbanyama, please? You know, when I think of you, it's not just as Yahoo Sports. I think of you as best friends of Scoot Henderson's parent, you know, <laughs> but whatever, potato, potato, right? Uh, Maxime, our next golden question. Uh, what is the biggest reason the Warriors can and can't win the title next year? Wow. Okay. First of all, I just need to rewind for a second because like, I, I think we're all just playing in a completely different league. I mean, obviously from what KP is dealing with, but like, the, the types of questions that you're floating her way, right? Like, which just don't even make, they don't even make sense, right? It's like, oh, like, you know, are you like, do you, are you trying to brag to other NBA execs? And she's like, no, because they all already know who I am <laughs> and my relationship. But it's just like, whoa, you know, it's the type of thing. It's like, would you, you know, would you brag at, at their wedding about um, knowing them since they were 16? And she's like, yeah, no, because like, it would just be in like my best woman speech. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, I've known Scoot since I was 16. You know, it's like, we just, I can't even, I continue to get shocked by being on the same conversation with KP and then realizing like, oh my God, this is a completely different league. I'm more shocked that you said my questions didn't make sense. I feel like they made perfect sense and you can fuck yourself. Uh, okay. Anyways, um, just, uh, you know, still coming up for air on that. I'm like getting the bends over here. Um, reason why, reason why we can and can't win. Look, I mean, I think we already, we don't need to belabor the point with Draymond, but, uh, chemi- the team chemistry, that's that's what makes or breaks the type of season, right? We were so excited about where we were um, in Tokyo and like the good vibes. And that's the sort of thing that I think can transport you through, especially when you're coming off of a championship. That sort of stuff really matters because as we saw, um, you know, with KD's last season, 
uh, it, 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 you can quickly kind of lose some of that momentum. Um, and there's the fatigue of needing to continue to win at the high level in the circus. So that's the thing that I'm most worried about. The reason that we can win it, Stephen Curry. And at the same time, we also have Clay Thompson. We are on paper a better team than we were last year. Um, and, uh, and that is in fact, with some of the other teams in the West, maybe some of you others will talk about, um, getting better, right? This West, the West has definitely gotten better, not worse. And yet so have the Warriors. Um, let's see. Let's get the bad news out of the way. Can't. It's not the Draymond shit. Th- this they will get through this. I don't know how. Um, that's why I'm not Myers. That's why they don't pay millions of dollars. But this culture means something. It will come through. We've lauded it before. It will be the uh, the solution to the Draymond JP stuff at least for this season. But they still have to address the deepest league I think we've seen in, I don't know, man, five, six years, at least maybe 10 years. And it's not just me saying that it's Vegas. Vegas has one, two, three, four, five teams whose title odds are all really close and grouped to one another. Uh, Boston six to one, Milwaukee six and a half to one. And then the Warriors, the Clippers and Brooklyn are all seven to one. That doesn't happen. You know, most of the time you've got like two or three who've got shots and then a bunch of long shots this year. It is top heavy and deep. So, you know, it's, it's not an easy cakewalk. Why can they do it? It's not just the league that's better. The Warriors are. This might be the best Warriors team since KD's first year. You know, it's it's not just additions like Patrick Baldwin Jr. because he's not going to play a big role. It's people who we've already seen taking the next step. Wiggins just learned you know, who he can be at the highest stage. Clay is healthier. Steph is a killer. Uh, you know, Kaminga takes another step. Uh, KP's favorite player, Wiseman. Uh, would you say KP 10, 20 and 10, you said? I mean, I, I think that could definitely happen. So, no, there's there's real reasons why they can win it. And assuming I'm right about the chemistry taking over the problems, we'll be all right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Ken, number one reason is um, – chemistry it's you know that team can make it through it and the culture is set and i think they'll get past this uh the number one reason why they can't or won't win it i think is defense um to maxime's earlier point i think we undervalue how important um gp2 was to a lot of those moments like they weren't huge stat stuffer games you know eight points and two steals but those two steals were like at critical moments. If you look back in some of these games and um, I just think we're going to miss his presence and to rely on a Moody or DiVincenzo to step up and um, fill that role of like a defensive stopper is going to leave a lot to be desired compared to GP two. You want me to answer this question? Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> trying, you, you can't tell that I'm right. awkwardly staring at you because of the setup. I, I'm, like, I'm trying to awkwardly stare at you. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. Why they can't win the championship, I would say injuries and chemistry. If they can't get past this uh, Draymond-Jordan situation, uh, how can they win? Why would they will win the championship again? Uh, you are the best shooter in the history of the NBA and this, probably the second best shooter in James the NBA Weisman. right now. <laughs> oh, and, and also James Wiseman is back. That's, that's so why you good. can't, yeah. He's, I can't wait to shove his success right in your face. What, what, I what, told what, you, I happen. told you, I want, I want that. Oh, I man. want him Don't to be successful. <laughs> I do. I have yet to see it from 15 to 22 being consistently on the floor. 
Our last question does not have to deal with James Wiseman. Um, It goes directly towards you, KP. Quote, every sports telecast on every sports channel is calling Victor Wenbanyama the best basketball prospect in the history of the world's, or words, best basketball and prospect. Does KP agree? And if so, ask her to go through these. And then he has three exclamation points afterwards on these follow-up questions. So you can get excited for that. But... Is this the best prospect you have ever covered? Okay, yes. He is the best prospect I've ever covered. I will say this. he, uh, LeBron had a hype around him. There was no social media. There was nothing. Everyone know the, you know the chosen one, King James, whatever. And he's lived up to that. I would say Victor is the most anticipated prospect that we've ever seen um, in the history of basketball and the draft just in the sense where like you guys all saw it, like he's seven foot three, seven foot four can shoot step back threes from Steph Curry range, take players off the dribble at the grab and go block shots that look like they shouldn't be blocked. And he catches lobs that look impossible. I mean, he it's, it's, it's impossible. It's impossible to guard him. And the fact that he's just 18 and Jason Hart, the head coach said this too. He's like, I'm glad I'm playing Victor Wimbanyama at 18 and not 22, 23, because he's going to be a completely different player. Like if he fills out his frame like Giannis, come on, come on. That's insane. You know, what really struck me was the fluidity of his game. Um, So mega athletes, generally speaking, NBA superstars, just the way they walk, their gait is different. They look like jungle cats amongst like regular people. But after you get above like 6'10", you can, even if you're incredibly talented, you kind of lose that that silky smoothness. Victor, who I had never seen before play, before he started raining three-pointers from Steph Curry range, had that fluidity to him. You know, he, he is walking around with that same kind of silk that you normally see from people of like – Allen Iverson stature. Um, and so I was I was impressed before he started shooting. And then he had a Steph Curry line to finish the fucking game. Um, but I tell you what, let's get to this person's exclamation point questions. And then I want, uh, I got a, a story time question for you. But what they have done is set up, would this team trade this player right now for Victor Wenbanyama? All right. And I'm going to pitch you against Marcus because I like to prove Marcus wrong. Marcus tells us that he watches other sports, that he's all over college. I'm sure he's watched Victor a bunch. So, MT, we're going to ask you first and then we're going to go to KP for the real answer. So, here's our first Would the Minnesota Timberwolves trade Anthony Edwards, young, up and coming, hot superstar, fresh off a roll on Netflix? Would they train him right now for Victor? Yeah, you wouldn't even have to finish the sentence and they would trade him. KP? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I told you, give me any, any don't player. Ruin it. No, okay, don't ruin okay, it. You're okay, ruining okay, it okay, 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 okay. Next one, next one, next. Yes, yes. Maddie stats. MT is one for one. Keep going. Trey Young. Trey Young, yeah, heartbeat. Yep. Jason Tatum. Yes. Yes. For sure. Uh, this yes. one, you will not say yes on this one. I got one for you. You will not say yes. Luca. Ooh. No. Listen, right. listen. This actually, when I went over to Serbia for some basketball, I was oh, with. I this was is with, making Maxime hella happy. This is one of those <laughs> off the cuff. Up, just so you know, when I was in Serbia I, at I was, Victor's wedding, this is what I found out. I was talking to um, a handful of European scouts that, and some we were at dinner, and someone just casually brought the question up. They said, 
to to a few scouts that have seen a lot of Victor, like since he was 14 years old or whatever. And they obviously have seen Luca. And someone said, you don't know what Luca Doncic is going to be. If they're in the same draft class, who are you taking? And the unanimous answer was Victor. Yeah, I'm seven four. Well, how about now? You know who he's going to be. All right, you've seen Victor. him. <laughs> oh, would you have said that, MT? No way. No, I still go Luca, and here's why. I don't. You know, I, I hope he Victor has a long and healthy career. People that size scare me. Um, if I was running an organization, foot problems, you know, scare me. He's. You see the picture of Victor standing next to Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert <laughs> looks short. By like, the way, I am in that photo. If you look, I'm in the background. Somebody said it to me. They're like two goats and Rudy Gobert. And it's me on my computer. Nice. <laughs> that picture is amazing. Thanks. Rudy Gobert looks small compared. You're like this. Rudy is legit seven one, and Victor is like yeah. making him look like a little third grader. I'd say so you were right, MT. But two things: one, your answer did not involve the words Serbian or scout, and you were not in that fucking picture. So... I'm, I'm texting into you. I'm going to text it to you guys right now. Yeah, yeah. But here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. I take Luca because I think you know it's just that Luca's size and how he plays to me fits a, a longer career has a better chance at longevity um i think you might get a good few years out of victor but you have to be careful of those feet and those those joints um so but i think okc is going to get him and i think it's going to be an interesting team when you have victor and chet holmgren <laughs> in the middle this is both true and pertinent i couldn't hear some of what you were saying because i was too busy looking at a picture with kp and victor and rudy gobert and i'm looking i'm still looking <laughs> at this second. no you're not in this picture at all mt so i gotta say that you're probably wrong. <laughs> i took the picture but <laughs> <laughs> fucking filthy liar i'm just happy you don't have a smurf background today so we're moving <laughs> in the right direction let me give you another name this is another no it's a no steph curry no. Let's go. No. Uh, Yanni's last one. No. It's, so it, is Steph the only one? So, I mean, for those who don't have the, the Patreon and aren't watching us yet on the YouTube channel, um, all of these KP telegraphed to their face. I mean, we knew she was going to say yes or no. The Steph was an absolute, I mean, we knew no. Yanni's, it looks like you're thinking about. Is Steph the only one you think no, for no. sure no? I, I don't know now because. Uh, well, okay. Giannis now or Giannis no. coming into no. the league now? Yeah. No, you don't, you don't trade Giannis. Yeah. He's the freak. He's the Greek freak. My computer froze. I know it probably looked like I was like <laughs> looking, I was thinking really long and hard about like an pensive look, but my computer froze. <laughs> I was like, Oh no. Nope. I'm just amazing at reading faces. You didn't have to point <laughs> that out. I, I'm like the FBI. Steph um, and Giannis are the only ones I would trade Kevin Durant. I would trade LeBron James. I would trade, uh, John Moran, I would trade Zion Williamson. I would trade everyone, uh, almost everyone. Uh, you have mentioned the name Wen Benyama for three, four years, you know, because we've, we started doing these mostly just with Drea. Drea. And you're like, who? who? I had no idea. <laughs> I, I, at, at that point, I thought you were making the name up, you know, and like literally I could not have had higher expectations based on our conversations and they were all met in that game. It doesn't mean anything. It's a G League night. You know, there's a lot of other obviously uh, things that he has to pass to show who he's going to be in the league. But that was pretty fucking impressive as far as uh, a first gate to get through. Yes, definitely solidified himself as the number one pick. And 
You know what I was thinking about thinking of different storylines. It would be kind of poetic to have Greg Popovich start his career tanking for um, Robinson. Uh, not Robinson. Um, who was the guy out of Wake Forest? Why am I blanking Duncan. on his name? Duncan, Duncan. Duncan. Sorry. Tim Duncan. He's tank They tank for Tim Duncan and then leaving his career tanking for Wimbenyama. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and to your defense, Duncan Robinson. So it makes perfect sense. Stop. The, uh, Stop it. Yeah, that that Stop. was a crossover. I've got your back here. That's what I am saying. I got you for sure. Our computer I imagine, no, I imagine, I imagine people listening to this podcast screaming in the car like, no. Tim Duncan. Here's what you don't know. I thought I, she knew basketball. <laughs> I knew what you meant because I was able to read your face really quickly. And I was like, oh, she's talking about Tim Duncan. So, Tim Duncan, yes. Uh, yes. I knocked it out of the park. KP, we appreciate you. This is hella fun, true every time. For people who need far more Kristen Peak in their life, where do they go? You can follow me on Twitter at Kristen Peak. Read all my stuff on Yahoo Sports. I think I wrote like... 8,700 articles on Victor and Scoot last week. And you can see my exclusive interview with Scoot. Like, <laughs> MT, where can we find your exclusive interview with Victor? Is that is that out there anywhere? Sorry, my computer froze. What'd you say? <laughs> I was busy reading your face as well for us. You can get us a question. Shoot us an email. Let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job. You can shoot that too. Huddle at warriorshuddle.com. We are not in too many places on social media. We're still on Twitter. That one's at Warriors Huddle. Um, and then just a quick shout out. If you would like to uh, try to date Kristen, please make sure you are married. You are from Utah. Um, and, and, you like and you also, you, you, you make me pay for drinks on our first date. And um, give you unwanted dog advice. Use your bathroom without asking. Rip recognize off her background from the house listing. Just a ton of like, if you gave me an option, like, do I have to be on a date with a randomly married person I didn't know, or a stranger used my bathroom without asking me and hopped in my bathtub? Like, it's not an easy question. Like, I don't know which one of those two I would pick. I feel like those are two terrible, terrible scenarios. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just here for everybody's entertainment. Bring the popcorn every time you listen to the podcast. Like, there's always going to be something. You stay in Utah, and it'll happen. <laughs> it will all happen. I can't. I can't wait for Victor and and his parents to come over to my house for Taco Tuesday, and then I can, you know, casually drop that and see Maxine's face. <laughs> With that in mind, go Warriors, and hopefully, we'll see you next week. Good, good.